Next on MLR Weekly, San Diego head coach Danny Lee. The best recap in Major League Rugby. Plus, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with a snazzy quick round two preview and Rugby Morning's MLR headlines with John Fitzpatrick. Rugby Wrap-Up's MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City. The world's best rugby pub. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City. And we've got a huge show for you this week. We have Danny Lee, the head coach of the San Diego Legion. We have Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with a snappy preview. And we have a recap. But before we do that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, hello. What do you got? Hey, Matt, how's it going? What an exciting weekend it was in Major League Rugby. Let's start with a new attendance record. That's right, Snapdragon Stadium, home of the San Diego Legion. They set a new MLR record with 11,423 fans in attendance. That bested the previous record of just a little over 9,000 fans for a Utah Warriors preseason game in 2018. Matt, my question to you is, do you think the Chicago Hounds, who have a bye this weekend, will set a new attendance record when they host their first home game in franchise history in round three at SeatGeek Stadium on Sunday, March 5th? It's a good question, but I got a two-part answer for you. Number one, San Diego might set another record this week because they have another home game. And B, you've got to compare Chicago to sunny Southern California. So are those Chicago fans going to go out to freeze your balls off the geek? I don't know. I think they will. Could be uh, another competitive thing on the MLR landscape. How many fans will be at one stadium? Next. How about player milestone? Sticking with the San Diego Legion, Ryan Mattias, winger, became the 26th player to reach 50 MLR caps. An impressive figure and really couldn't happen to a nicer all-around good guy. And he's got Jordan Gray, Mattias, as his wife, the Eagle. What a couple they are. Great people on and off the pitch. Congratulations. Nobody's worked harder. Next. Hey, Matt, guess what? I've got some breaking news. This is a Rugby Morning exclusive. I can confirm that scrum half Ruben De Haas, USA International, will be leaving Saracens and the Premiership at the end of the season, and that he is, in fact, currently in contract negotiations with the South African franchise. Now, it's interesting to note that the Premiership final is on May 27th this year. So, Matt, could we again see De Haas on a short-term deal in the MLR at the end of the Premiership season and before he takes up his new contract in South Africa? I don't know about the adding to the roster date end off the top of my head. That seems like May 27th seems a little late because you got a July 8th championship match. So I don't know. I don't know, to be honest with you. But uh, Ruben's always a good addition. Like to see him in the MLR. Next! Matt, that's all I got. I'm just looking forward to an exciting round to an MLR. How did your fantasy Rutgers team do? Next segment. All right, John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning's Coffee Break. Thank you, sir. And now, last week's recap. 
The first try of Major League Rugby's 2023 campaign was scored by Alex Mon, which instantly had the Husky prop leading the league in scoring. While he'll be hard-pressed to maintain that pace, his teammates on the Rattlers played staunch defense in deflecting arrows fired by the visitors from Toronto. A late surge by the Torontonians made the score respectable, but this was never in doubt as ATL won its home opener despite their kit kerfuffle. The New England Free Jacks continue to defy pundits not named Jacks Rangers and the 1st Regiment. Nobody told Nate Ebner's team that the New Orleans squad was much improved and the hostile environment that is the gold mine would be too much to overcome. The T-Sippers from the north took it to NOLA, putting a damper on Mardi Gras week in NOLA. In the nation's capital, the flags were unfurled as Old Glory proved the naysayers wrong as they kept the Chicago Hounds harnessed and on a short leash playing exciting two-way rugby for 80 minutes and making history in the process as it was their first ever opening day win. New kids on the block, Chicago played well in spurts, but not enough to beat a revamped District of Columbia side. The Utah Warriors stampeded into the Dragon, AKA Oh Snapdragon Stadium to face the San Diego Legion in front of a record 11 and a half thousand fans. While the game was competitive, it was not in doubt as the home team left their legions of Legion fans very happy. The jury's still out on the Utah kit, but look for their fans to try to break this MLR fan attendance record up in Harriman this coming weekend. Up at Starfire Stadium in Seattle, the Saturday night special, much anticipated rematch of the championship battle between the Seattle Seawolves and the New York Ironworkers did not disappoint. Unless, that is, you are a New York fan. In a hard-fought, heavy-hitting matchup between two obvious heavyweights, the home team Seawolves beat the visitors in front of a vivacious Seattle crowd. This is easily butting into one of the league's best rivalries. Side note, tune into the rugby odds to find out what WWE legend John Bradshaw Layfield has to say about Rucky the Seawolf. It's not good. Down to Dallas, where the Jackals have undergone some major off-season changes after an abysmal campaign last year. Indeed, fans have a lot to look forward to this year, but the new lines on the field from the XFL are not one of those things. But it was on the field that they showed promise that they will be much improved. Unfortunately, the Houston Sabercats played a disciplined tight match and proved to be the better team in the Texas Two-Step Cup. Right away, Danny Barrett made his presence known, pushing his team and the referee forward as Houston scored its second try on its way to an impressive win. Whew. Let's take a quick break and come back with San Diego head coach Danny Lee. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. And we're back, and we are back with none other than the head coach of the San Diego Legion, Danny Lee. Danny, good to see you again. Good to see you too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a nice morning. Sun's out. 
San Diego. Can't ask for anything better. All right. So, Coach, you're back for your second season, right? Second season at the helm. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So I've been here just over a year now. Um, obviously, last year, you know, there's a lot of learning, a lot of growing around what I knew and what I didn't know. So, um, yeah, into our second season. Well, you had a successful season. You guys made the playoffs in a less than traditional way, right? But you just added that to an already impressive resume, which includes playing and coaching all over the globe, predominantly in New Zealand and right up through Super Rugby and the All Blacks. And then you finished your career in Newport, if I'm not mistaken. And then the coaching included New Zealand, but then Japan. So, I, And I wanted to ask you, with all that experience and a full year under your belt with the MLR, how does the MLR stack up against some of these other setups? Yeah, um, good question. And it's probably taken me a year to, to work that out. Um, initially taking this job, I, I probably, without thinking too much about it, thought that the MLR would be a, a lesser competition um, with the you know the quality, um, with the slightly different rules. Um, and with obviously being only a, a fairly new game to to the states, um, you know, in reflection, I think it's as it's as good as um, the top league in Japan, uh, which is where I coached there for four years, and and um, pretty close to you know NBC Rugby in New Zealand, which also also I coached there. So uh, yeah, it it, it opened, opened my eyes, uh, you know, pretty early on um, about the the quality of the players. There's obviously foreign caps um, within the MLR as well. So you know, having 10 foreigners on a field, um, you know, it, it builds that level up. But it's also one of those things by having those foreigners um, in training sessions, the whole squad grows. So, you know, the domestic American guys, the younger guys that you bring through academies see exactly what it's like, what's required at that level through what the foreigners actually do. So although the competition in itself is growing to that level, it's also what happens off the TV screen and what happens in, in their own backyards in terms of trainings. Well, you guys helped with the TV screens in terms of people watching when they got the word that 11,000 plus fans came to that stadium. I was floored. I, I couldn't believe it. That had to be pretty exciting. Oh, it was awesome. Um, it's been a long time coming. Like we knew that we were moving into Snapdragon for this year. Um, we had our troubles last year around where we where we did play for our home games um, logistically, but also practically. You know, there was a lot of tents that were put up. Um, you know, guys, it wasn't that comfortable. This is to be honest. Um, so, but short term pain, knowing that we had this amazing, probably the best rugby stadium in the United States, um, and and I say that because. You know, capacity, it's not as big as a lot of the other stadiums, but when you're playing rugby, it's the, it's the right dimensions. You know, it's it's 100 metres long, it's 70 metres wide, which is a rugby field. Um, it's a grass turf. Um, and, Seems like it's not and, a lot to ask, but it, in the United States, it's not that easy. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of the first time I've actually, to be honest, and I've, I've said that to our owners as well um, since the weekend, it's the first time I've actually felt like this MLR is, is heading in the right direction in terms of the playing um, structure and, and and what's provided for the players and and is, is equally as good as any other competition in the world based on what we had on the weekend. Well, you had a great win against the tough Utah Warriors team in front of all those fans. A great experience. Where's Joe Peterson? <laughs> I was actually uh, 
I was actually watching the the replay on the rugby network the other night, and they were going on about Joe Peterson. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, we 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 made some uh, some changes to the off season in the off season around our players. Um, you know, I had a had a chat with Joe, and you know, we looked at his age and and his ability at the moment. He had a few things in terms of uh, outside of rugby back in South Africa. So we sort of mutually went about look, let's let's look to. You carry on with your future and your and your family in South Africa, and we'll move forward with our group as well. Um, we had, and at that stage, a mind of probably lowering lowering our our average age of our rugby players, um, <laughs> but we still recruited guys that are a little bit older as well, and it pushed it back up. Um, and we from mature, what heard, we, mature, right? Mat- mature, yeah, yeah, yes. experience. Um, and so from what I've heard, I think we're still the oldest team in the MLR uh, on, on average age. Um, I mean, we've still got Ma rolling around who is 40 and during this MLR season will be 41. So he he pushes our average age up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was it was one of those things we decided as a coaching group what we needed around this group this year. And, and unfortunately for Joe, that meant him uh, moving through and I think moving on with the rest of his life. Well, you mentioned Ma'ananu. He's obviously the Ponce de Leon of this league because he's found the, the, the fountain of youth. But, you know, the, in the back line in particular, you have a lot of depth and a lot of quality there. How are you going to keep all those guys happy? There's only one ball. Yeah, that, that's that's a good question. And it's something us as coaches have talked about on a regular basis, our depth. Um, there's, I mean, depth is good in terms of a rugby team when you've got competition within spots. Um, you get the best out of the players. The depth is good when you get injuries, but when everyone's fit and ready, it's it's going to be a tussle. So it's just up to us as coaches um, and, and talking with the, the, the players and, and some of those positions that are a little bit older. We're just going to have to be smart around it and try and ro- do, do a little bit of a rotation here and there to try and keep people fresh, keep them um, ready uh, ready to go and, and available. So it's, it's going to be a work in progress as we go through the year. But I think... At this point, with with no injuries, um, it's a good thing. Yeah, so it's it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. And some of these trips on these on these bodies, you know, it's a it, it, people have to ha- understand that player management is a key component to team success over the long haul. And you had a guy like Tom Franklin on the bench, right? We're not not even playing, and he's one of the best locks in the league. Yeah, yeah, and we've got that. Uh, I think, as I said, our recruitment policy in the off season. We knew what we needed. Um, you know, we looked looked at our squad last year and how we played, and um, and also, you know, a lot of the grounds, as I spoke about before, a lot of the grounds here are quite narrow. You know, the the football fields or soccer fields or, or whatever, where they're actually narrow. So, we looked at the way we played and what we needed, and we needed a little bit more punch. Um, you can't always go around teams, so we need that punch to be able to, for one, get on the front foot, but get on the front foot. Um, and and the way that we're going to have to go through brick walls at times, so you know, guys like Tom Franklin, um, yeah, he he's going to be great for our group. He's also slightly injured at the moment, um, so that you know, one of those selection things sort of got taken out of my hands a little bit. Yeah. It's just it's just one of those things. But he's he's not far off anyway, being available. And then it goes back to some some difficult uh, some difficult decisions being made. Well, I know. Fans are, you know, are lamenting the loss of Joe Peterson moving on in his life. But what a performance by Henderson uh, on yeah. the weekend for you. That's got to be exciting, too. Yeah. And I mean, Josh, although he looks looks a baby face, um, you know, he's 26 years of age. 
He's a former Scotland under twenties player. Um, he's played some um, some top level rugby in Hong Kong. He he actually joined our squad last year. I think was available for a couple of games, but didn't come in till late through visa um, issues. So he he knew last season what we were about and and where we were going, and we could see the 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 ability in him. Um, and yeah, I, I was stoked with how he played. I mean, I think he was named MLR Player of the Week overall. Um, and then it's a little awkward when we we don't name him as Player of the Day last weekend uh, within our own group. Yeah. Um, but you know, we had a lot of guys put their hand up last week. But I mean, Josh is a quality player. He has the ability to be able to open up defenses, smart kicking game. So we just got to try and grow him into the MLR, uh, grow him into our Legion team, and and hopefully we pull the best out of him. And how soon before um, scrum coach Alex Corbacero is suiting up for you? <laughs> um, not sure. He's he's deep in that. Um, That's not a know. no. That's not a no. He's. I'd say it's a no. If I was a betting man, it's a no. But uh, now nah, he's he's full on. It's great to have him on board. He's enthusiastic about everything. Um, yeah, scrum is his baby, and uh, the boys are working really hard on that department. I, I know he throws himself in there every now and then, but. Um, we've got some quality props at the moment, um, touch wood, that they're all fit and healthy as we go through the season and, and, and Corbs can remain on the sideline. Well, I'm sure we could find some room for him if he ever decides to come back onto the pitch. <laughs> what would you describe your style of play? Is there a team that you guys are styling yourselves after overseas or what's the style? What, what do we call in the San Diego Legion? Um, I think Legion, for me, when we when we try and play and, and the way that we we're trying to do things. I mean, it's a Legion style. Like I'm not taking it from any other team in the, in, in the world. Um, as I said, we've, we've recruited some bigger, stronger bodies, but I, I just want us to be dynamic, but have the ability to be direct. Um, so the way that we shape our attack gives us the option to do both. Um, at times when we find opposition spread across the park, which is comes down to defensive um, policies from those teams, then we literally have to go through them. You know, we have to go through those holes. If teams then shorten up defensive lines, then we've got the ability to be able to play around them. So being able to have robust, um, strong, powerful athletes, but also raise their skill level to be able to play both sides um, is, is the ultimate. And I think our squad's getting to that point now where we can be direct, but next play we can use the ball, use our skill set to play around. Um, but being dynamic, I think, for me is is important. Well, I, I got two of my favorite players from you guys, Ryan Mattias and Nate Augsburger, and it's great to see them firing. Final question for you. Other than the Legion, who's the best team in the West? Uh, Seattle. Um, Seattle's, I mean, people have asked me the same sort of question. Um, and as I said earlier on, teams in, in this competition have grown. Um, everyone's recruited really strongly in the off-season. I mean, there's new coaches coming in um, from everywhere. You look across the league and there's no easy beat team at all. There's um, there's teams that have grown, there's teams that are competitive, there's teams that will quite comfortably take this competition. So it's going to come down to a little bit of finer detail, a couple of one percenters here, maybe discipline around penalties, taking opportunities when, when they arise. Um, but... I mean, the strong ones at this stage that, that you'd look at in the off-season around recruitment and coaching, and then into the first round, you've got Seattle, you've got New York, you've got New England, and, you know... Like, you have a big yeah, match then, against New England. Uh, this yeah, weekend. exactly, which is what we've got this weekend, and then you've got Houston 
who you know the big strong team yeah um that won't take any backward steps so um what i'm getting is i think anyone can win this comp this year um if you're looking at the west you look at seattle who you know tried and true they've recruited well and they're going to be a pretty f- uh, formidable side all right i I lied. That wasn't the last question. I got to ask your opinion on things that I'm pushing. I'm pushing calling the stadium the Dragon or Oh Snap Dragon. <laughs> as long as as long as we get fine days, um, big crowds like we had last weekend, and come away with a win, it doesn't really worry me what they call it. Well, it's an exciting start. I'm glad to see you guys starting off uh, on a positive note. Thanks for taking the time. Much appreciated. No problems. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back with Mr. Brian Ray and his previews after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. And we are back, and we are back with America's Rugby News is... Brian Ray. Brian, welcome back. We got got some exciting stuff ahead of us, including Seattle with a second consecutive home game. This time, Rugby ATL coming in. I'll tell you what, you're a New York team. (laughs) A little bit of a surprise today. I did pick Seattle. I will point that out uh, last week. Uh, Both teams, to be fair, look good. It was an entertaining game. I think the highest quality game as far as standard of rugby went uh, last weekend. So I'm looking for more of that from Seattle this week. How about this Jordan Chait fella? Never heard of the guy before. Comes in here and just has a stormer uh, for them. ATL. He brought the Tel Aviv heat is what he brought. (laughs) That that boot. I mean, there's something going on there. Unreal. But uh, a pretty handy pickup, eh? And, uh, (laughs) And ATL, you know... They weren't super convincing against the Toronto side, which I have to admit also looked well short of convincing, (laughs) Um, but they did get the job done. I mean, they still uh, a handy side, but on the road, that's a long road trip for them going to Seattle. Uh, I got to pick Seattle here. They just look good. They look like their title contenders are already. And uh, so I think it's going to be a good season for them. ATL, they got some work to do. I'm sure we'll see some improvement, but got to go with Seattle at home in this one. I agree. Then you had the Utah Warriors. That's a 4 p.m. Eastern game versus the Dallas Jackals. Yeah, expecting a great crowd at Zions Bank Stadium for for them. I mean, it's always a terrific atmosphere there. So uh, excited to see this one. And I'm sure Utah a little bit frustrated not to at least get a bonus point out of San Diego. I thought they played fairly well in, in that game. You know, a few mistakes here and there. But uh, it wasn't like they were blown out of the water against a, a very powerful San Diego side. So I'm sure they'll be fired up uh, at home. Uh, Dallas, I mean... On the field, at least, they look a, a better side than they were last year. And we expected that. And I think they'll have a couple more, uh, hopeful anyways. They were still missing a couple of their guys, a couple of those Pumas, Baravale and Imoff. So maybe they'll be in the lineup this week. Um, either way, they're, they're, they're competitive. But got again, got to go with Utah at home in this one. And next one up, we have the Sabercats. Winners on Saturday facing Nola Gold. Yeah, what impressed me most about Houston was their discipline. Six penalties conceded the entire game, only two in the first half. That's outstanding. 
you know, you could see that, you know, the way they were lining up in defense, they were very conscious not to take cheap offsides in that game. They looked disciplined. Uh, they look well-drilled. Uh, I, I was really impressed with, with Houston's performance. Uh, you know, uh, NOLA, complete opposite, utter disappointment at home. Uh, I hope the message after that game was it's not acceptable to lose by 24 points at home with that kind of lineup that they had. I'm sure that they will be fired up uh, this week. So this is going to be a cracking game, I think. Um, but I got to pick Houston at home. Uh, they, they, just, they look good last week. They just they just look better right now, and, and Nola's going to make up some ground and do it quickly. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. Then the New York Ironworkers in their new home in Mount Vernon, welcoming in your broken Toronto Arrows. I was kind of hoping you might just skip over this game and not make me say anything. Yeah, look, I mean, even though New York lost against Seattle, they were in this game. They were probably just a little unlucky not to even get a bonus point uh, from that. I think they looked, they did look solid, you know, maybe not quite as sharp as last year. I mean, maybe a couple, you know, adjustments to the lineup, I think, this week, but coming to, you know, they're brand new field. You know, they're going to be fired up for this Toronto. As I mentioned a minute ago, did not look sharp at all uh, in ATL for 75 minutes. They just, you know, drop balls, just sloppy. Uh, they didn't look good. I, I expect a, a different lineup again from them. And uh, you know, like Nola, they'll be looking to write the ship pretty quickly, but I don't think it's going to be enough. So it pains me to say this, whoa, but whoa, I whoa, am whoa. picking. <laughs> Put put your screens on mute. I, I I gotta pick New York. New York is just a better team right now. What, what are you gonna say? Wow, wow! It's Lent and you're uh, picking Toronto. That's like swearing. Sad days, my friends. Wow. What's okay? You're saying that it's gonna be a different lineup for Toronto. What, what's gonna be the change? I I just think they've got to make it. I thought. You know, uh, there was a lot of talk in the offseason with, with Shane O'Leary starting at 10 and Sam Malcolm at 15. And I thought when they made that change uh, right around 68, 70 minutes in the game, I just thought they looked sharper. It was O'Leary who was really got them on the front foot. It was O'Leary's kick who who conjured up that try for them. So I just think that's the move to make for them. Uh, I got, you know, all the time in the world for Kieran Breen. He looks like a guy for the future. But first ever game in, in MLR, you know, it's a lot of pressure on him. And I just think you've got to get your best guys on the pitch. And I, you know, unfortunately they had an injury to, to Nick Ben as well. So that's going to, you know, require another change. So I just think there'll be a couple of shifts there and Mitch Eady, hopefully fingers crossed. So we'll see him and he'll help a lot at number eight. So I am expecting a stronger Toronto lineup. All right. We just had head coach Danny Lee of stay sexy San Diego on earlier, and they are back at home at the dragon. Oh, snap dragon with the New England Free Jacks, your Free Jacks. What an unbelievable uh, event that was at Snapdragon last weekend. Holy smokes. Uh, you know, we expected something good. I, you know, everyone was thinking like, oh, yeah, you know, like they have seven or 8,000 people in there. Wow. Just uh, blew it away with, uh, what, 11,423. Amazing. So uh, what a welcome addition to Major League Rugby Snapdragon Stadium. San Diego again at home. Uh, you got to love that. New England, a long trip from the East Coast. But, hey, I have to apologize to the Free Jacks and to Scott Matthew. I clearly underestimated you. You know, uh, even though it was only a small margin, I was picking New Orleans. I mean, that was a pretty emphatic result, wasn't it? So there you go. I'm paying for it there. I even got kind of the, the New England colors there in the shirt. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be stellar. New England are obviously Eastern Conference contenders, if not title contenders. Again, this is going to be a thrilling game. 
At San Diego, though, I gotta go. I gotta go, San Diego. Don't don't hit me, New England. Don't get at me, Phil Harris and Scott. You're wearing Matthews. a free jacks hat. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm torn. I I just got it. You gotta pick. It looks good, man. San Diego looks good this year already. So you know, they, you know what? I gotta tell you, we all we all did this with New England last year, and they won ten yeah. games in a row. And, I know. You know, they just so, went in. That's not an easy place to play in Nola either. No, yeah. So, so there you go. So, so maybe that's your play then. P- pick New England because I'm picking San Diego by about three points. <laughs> I have to. It's, it's tough the Legion of San Diego. Tough, if New England wins this one, they they have just yeah. They're going to look real bad. We are the team to reckon with. I'm going to have to wear a skin tight Free Jacks jersey on this show if that happens. <laughs> oh please, 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 please. There's <laughs> your motivation. <laughs> All right, Brian Ray, thank you very much, sir. All right, till next week. On that note, we're out of time. Thank you to Mr. Brian Ray. Thank you to John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. And thank you to head coach Danny Lee of the San Diego Legion. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including The Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.